cannabis topics in less than 10 minutes. Let's go. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of The Dime. I'm Brian Fields, and with me, as always, is Kellen Finney. And this week, we've got a very special guest, Graham Farr, president of Glasshouse Brands. Graham, thanks for taking the time. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Thanks a lot for having me, Brian and Kellen. Happy to be here. Enjoy watching the show. Happy to be a part of it. I want to stay with the cultivation facility. Were there hesitations when you're going through that conversation? Obviously, taking on a greenhouse of bat size is massive, right? And like that type of conversation has to be pros and cons. Can you take us behind the scenes on you know some of the variables you were thinking about when you're making that leap? Sure. So um, as with cannabis, everything gives you anxiety because uh, I think every day is Monday and every week's a year in this in this industry. Um, the, the thing that made it make sense for us um, is it's, it's special. There's a couple of factors, right? It's special. There's not another one of these out there. It is truly a unicorn. My opinion, it's the most valuable asset. Uh, in U.S. cannabis, or you know, across the board, it is in the right place, climate-wise, right place, culture-wise, right place, Appalachian-wise. You know, consumers across the country show a preference for California brands, so you can grow less expensively here because of the climate, and then people will pay a premium and you know prioritize it because of where it's from and you know how advanced uh, you know the genetics and things like that are out here. But then the other thing is we've got a team, right? And we've if you tried to do this greenhouse like this was your first try. The results I would expect are the results you saw in Canada, right? Which is you had good growers, but they didn't know the plant. They went too big too fast and they had massive, you know, massive problems with it. We started Glasshouse Farms seven years ago. We've been growing half a million square feet of greenhouse cannabis for, you know, five, six years, right? So do we know everything to do? Absolutely not. Have we learned a lot of things not to do? Absolutely as well, right? So to have that team and that expertise and, you know, I sometimes say experience is what you get right after you needed it, right? So like, We've got that experience from having done it. So what we did at this new farm is tripled in size or cultivation. But we've tripled in size twice before. So like that's a path that we're familiar with. What technology that you do not use today do you dream of or hope for in the future that could be applied to cannabis? I think there's interesting things out there. I think some, there's a bunch of data stuff and how we process and analyze that data. So one of the things that we're big on is collecting uh, analytics You know, all the way down from where people are, how long it takes, and logging the outputs, logging the yields, logging the conversion ratios, uh, lots of data. Because our belief is that even if we don't necessarily know a lot of things we use today, but having that data set over time in the future, we're going to be able to come back and mine it for better things. Um, I think the other thing, the area that I really look at um, is post-harvest. I think you know the cultivation side, I'll call is 80% science and 20% art. Once you harvest the plant, I think it, it's flipped, right? Where it's like 80% art and 20% science. And so I think there's a lot we can do there. You know, with some of the things we're doing is we have this really nice dry room that we're building and about to bring online. It's more like a dry room complex, but it has it's totally programmable. Uh, you can do things like shift the air direction and chain program the air exchanges and humidify, dehumidify, control the ramp downs. And it's all in a PLC so you can program it. And what I want to do is develop a recipe uh, so that when say, we say, hey, this is a, uh, you know, Cushman's, this is the Cushman's recipe. After you harvest it, you say, hey, I harvested 4,000 wet pounds. I'm putting it in there, run the Cushman's recipe, 80%, 50% in 24 hours, I'm making this up, 50% to 11% over the next 10 days, you know, three air exchanges a day. And this is the best that we figured out. 
And then we can do that every time. And then what we can do is continuous incremental improvements. And another thing that your team has going for you is the economies of scale. Obviously, with a facility that big, you don't have to open up another cultivation facility, or maybe you do just in the future. But that is such a massive facility that other brands are going to have to open up multiple facilities just to compete from a, a space standpoint. So I think between consistency and the economies of scale, your team's already leveraged yourself ready for the future. So going forward on that, there has to be challenges and surprises when scaling a facility of that size. So is there one that comes to mind that say, hey, like going in, we thought this, but actually it turned out to be this? Anytime you're doing something uh, big and anything, time you're doing something in cannabis, uh, there are certainly surprises. Um, you know, I think, you know, one of the things that we did is uh, we really tried to focus on like the water recycling and things like that. And, you know, one of the, the ways that we did this with the mediums that we're using and stuff like that. And anytime you're changing something that I be in, you know, I was a, a tech guy. So I did a lot in, in software and I would call it the bug tail, right? Which is anytime you make a change, there's always some unintended consequences behind that, right? And the only real way to get through that is you try and minimize it, but then you got to just, you know, figure it out. And so, um, you know, as we've gone through this, obviously the scale is an issue, a new facility is an issue, learning the systems is an issue. Uh, we brought on, you know, hundreds of new people. Uh, like, in, so, you know, if you can hire at 75%, you're amazing, which means if you hire 100 people, there's 25 people who shouldn't be there. But then you then you need like, and of course you have this all going on at the same time. And then you have this with plants, the plants, at the end of the day, we're just trying to make the plants as happy as possible. They get the final vote and they don't care if it's a holiday. They don't care what your HR problems are. They don't care if you don't know where the maintenance thing is. Like they'll die on Christmas, right? Like, so you got to keep them happy uh, all throughout it, which is 24 hours a day and seven days a week. We've seen that brands can travel east. Can they travel west in the future? I'll be surprised. Um, certainly, when, you know, when I talk about stuff, I don't talk in, uh, in absolutes when I say, I think, you know, uh, California cannabis is uh, is going to be the home for the brands. You know, I I think it'll be eight out of ten brands, not a hundred percent. Of course, people can can uh, can grow great weed in many places, uh, and especially if they're doing it um, inside where the climate, you know, where they're at doesn't matter as much. But I'll be pretty surprised, right? I mean, I'll give you an example. Florida, I think, legalized BHO like two months ago. Yeah, you know, that was 2018 in California. I don't think you could get BHO in the door of a dispensary here today, right? So when I say California lives in the future, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about is, you know, will somebody do something? Sure. But uh, is it going to be, you know, one out of 10 times? Probably, you know, so, you know, I, I think the best weed for the most people wherever they live is the right way to do it. So, you know, I think a national market is best for consumers. When you started your journey in the cannabis space, what did you get right? And most importantly, what did you get wrong? I was a tech guy by training. That's my background, software.com, Sonos. Um, you know, that was like my kind of career. But I was always a cannabis lover by passion. So all the way back to you know college and in the background, growing weed. And I saw Prop 64 coming. And, uh, you know, it's kind of what I thought was happening, which is you can't, you know, keep the truth to steal a line from Jason Wilde. The truth always happens. And the truth is that, Cannabis is not what people said it was, right? It did, you know, every study that comes out, it doesn't make you lazy. It doesn't make you fat. It doesn't, you know, it's like, it's basically take every study and everything they told us and 180 of that and your odds are better that you're right than, than wrong, right? And so, and I saw that firsthand. I started using cannabis very young. My friends used it. People don't get in fights. They don't drive their cars fast. Like, you know, like they don't do crazy things. Like they laugh, they giggle, they eat. Like, it's like, you know, it makes us better, not worse. Um, and so I always believed that that would come to pass. Um, and that's when, you know, we started Glasshouse Farms is when we thought, you know, we saw, saw this coming. So I think right about that, right? I'm lucky in that I get to sit 
uh, in this kind of intersection where I get to hear all the amazing stories of uh, you know people whose PTSD there was help, people who sleep better, people have pain relief, people whose uh, you know kids in some cases uh, have relief from seizures and Parkinson's. I mean, you know, all this stuff, right? I get to hear that, so like I'm constantly feel validated and like it is making the world a better place. The thing I got the most wrong is thinking that if you gave people new information that they would want to change their mind. So thankfully, 90% of people are like that, but there's the other 10% who just don't or can't, right? What is one factor statistic operating in the California market that would shock the rest of the industry? I mean, I, so here, here's what I would say. How few... how Everyone thinks California is an unlimited license state. It's not, right? The state level is unlimited. There's no limits to them. But you only get a state license if you have the approval of your municipality. Before we do predictions, we ask all of our guests, if you could sum up your experience in a main takeaway or lesson learned to pass on to the next generation, what would it be? Whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right. Graham, it's 2027. Will consumers prefer craft or commercial cannabis? And how will they tell the difference? I think that there is a place for everything, right? And how you define craft and how you define commercial, I'm not even going to get into it because I, I don't think anyone has a good definition. But I will say, I think there's room for everybody. Graham, for our listeners, they want to get in touch. They want to buy Glasshouse products. Where can they find you? So, I mean, most dispensaries in California, um, uh, certainly our stores, which is the pharmacy and natural healing centers. Um, you can go to glasshousefarms.org, which is our website. Um, and then also keep an eye you know, Plus, Plus Gummies uh, is our brand and is awesome. Uh, start with the pharmacy and then check out the website. Yeah, we'll link it all up in the show notes. Thanks so much for taking the time. This was fun. Yeah, yeah it's great talking to you guys. Thanks for having me. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, y'all. I'm Joe, host of Casually Baked the Podcast. If you're curious to explore the highly responsible side of cannabis, farming, and legalization, I'm here to help lighten the stigma and build your can of confidence. Download episodes now of Casually Baked the Podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. And journey with me through the evolving cannabis culture and discover how and why people like you are adding cannabis to their wellness toolkit. It's time to get casually baked.